into the Mile High Baseball Podcast. That's right. They gave me, Jake Shapiro, a podcast. I couldn't believe it either. Uh, this is the fourth incarnation of Jake doing a Rockies podcast. And uh, I know a lot of you listening probably have listened to some of my other shows, including Rocky Road, which it's great to finally get back behind a mic, talking baseball, hanging out with you guys, uh, the listeners and the audience. You guys have been awesome to me. Uh, and I can't wait to run through this 2023 baseball season with you and enjoy, hopefully, some Colorado Rockies baseball. There might not be a lot of times for enjoyment, but that's the beauty in baseball. Even the team that loses 100 games is going to win 62, right? So uh, I actually am very excited for this Rocky season, not necessarily because the team is going to be good. They are probably going to be very bad. But I do believe they're going to be a little bit more interesting than they were last year. I wrote the column for denversports.com at the end of the year that the Rockies probably had their most boring season in franchise history last year, and they followed that up with a very boring off season. So how have we gotten interesting? Well, I'll talk about that in a second, but for those of you who do not know who I am, Jake Shapiro covered the Rockies for quite a while um, for many different outlets in the late 20 teens um, was at all those great Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, John Gray, Herman Marquez games, Kyle Freeland, all those guys. And now I work here at Denver sports. Um, you can catch me sometimes on air at one Oh four, three, the fan, and you can catch me reading and writing and producing and doing all the stuff on denversports.com. Uh, a lot of nugget stuff, a lot of Rocky stuff. So I hope you stick around for the ride with me. And I do want to tell you how this podcast is going to work, which it's going to be a once a week podcast for now that airs on Fridays at 1 p.m. live. And you'll be able to catch it uh, downloaded wherever you get your podcasts as well. And so that means by the time we listen and we record and we do this next podcast next Friday, the Rockies will have begun their 2023 calendar. So that means it's time for a little season preview show. Hope springs eternal, right? Spring training. I watched the Rockies yesterday, 10-9 against the Angels, just bashing the ball. A lot of fun. World Baseball Classic. How fun was the World Baseball Classic, right? Trout, Otani to end it. That was awesome. Like, it made me get so excited for this baseball season. And again, might not be that good for the Rockies because Fangraphs currently projects the Rockies. Fangraphs, I think they have the best predictions and they're on top of these things. They currently project the Rockies to finish the 2023 season with a 64-98 record. That would tie for the worst record in franchise history. The Rockies' most amount of losses is 98. They've never gotten up to 100. Could this be the first 100-loss season in Rockies history? Maybe. And I'll talk about that in a second. But I do want to say it's even more interesting when you dive into the predictions on fan graphs because... The Rockies' playoff projection, the chance the Rockies make the playoffs, 0.0%. There are no other teams in baseball with a 0.0. Some have a 0.1, 0.2. So, Jake, what does that mean? It means Fangraphs runs 10,000 projections and simulations of the way the season's going to go. And in fewer than four Of the 10,000, the Rockies made the playoffs. So you're telling me there's a chance. No, there's not a chance is what Fangraphs is telling you. So, yeah, we're not expecting this to be a playoff season. But, again, I think this could be an exciting year. And I think that starts with Ezekiel Tovar. Ezekiel Tovar is going to have a chance at the National League Rookie of the Year. 
He's the fifth favorite right now, according to odds makers. And I think he's just going to have a breakout year. Fangraphs actually projects him to have the single best season out of any batter on the Rockies, which I find believable, honestly. Um, you know, him putting up a 2-7 war with a 275-320-437 slash line. That seems reasonable. Um, Tovar was really impressive in his uh, cup of coffee at the end of season. Uh, at the end of the season last year, for nine games, um, I thought I saw some things with Tovar. We saw the power. We saw the glove. He made a wonderful play in spring training the other day. Followed it up with a home run. The half inning later, I think he really could be that next shortstop for the Rockies. They've had so many great shortstops from Tulowitzki to, to Story, and now hopefully Tovar is, is fitting in. I mean, he's got a T in his name, so it's it's starting well for him. Um, but yeah, Tovar is the thing I think to be most excited about. He's only 21 years old, and really I think as Tovar goes, the Rockies will go. If Tovar has this good season, it will keep the Rockies from losing 100 games. If Tovar does not have a good season and he comes out and he's, you know, a rookie and he's struggling and there's signs that he's good, but, you know, he's just not producing consistently, there's a chance that this team loses 100 games. I think he's one of the two swing guys on this team. And what I mean by swing guy is guy that can, like, shift the way the team does overall in performance. And granted, they're probably finishing last place either way, but it's going to be the difference in a couple wins. And the other guy is Herman Marquez, who had such a bad season last year. But he's been such a good pitcher for a long time. And this spring, he's come out and he hasn't allowed an earned run in 11 innings. So it looks like Marquez may have regained his form. The Rockies will need it because their pitching staff is very, very weak. It's going to be Freeland, Marquez, Urania, Gomber, Feltner, and maybe Seabold. If you're like, what is that? It's it's maybe a triple-A pitching staff with two guys who deserve to be in the majors. It's it's not It's not brilliant. So... Marquez is going to need to eat a lot of innings to keep him from getting into the bullpen every single game because these fourth and fifth starters are going to be getting the, the team into the bullpen quite a bit. Freeland does not look like the same guy he was just a couple of years ago, even though he got the contract extension. And that's why Marquez, it's so important for him personally that he has a good season. He's towards the end of this contract. And the Rockies obviously have not been apt to trade people at the deadline, but it would make a lot of sense in Herman Marquez's case if the Rockies were to move on from Herman Marquez at this deadline, and he could recoup a lot of value to a farm system that is climbing. Last year, it was one of the worst farm systems in baseball. Now it's at least in the middle part of the league, and it's led by guys like Tovar and Zach Veen. Zach Veen has had a terrific spring. He just got sent down a couple games ago, but he's shown, I think, everything he needed to show this spring in order for the Rockies to be like, we could legitimately call this guy up midsummer. And obviously it's going to come down to what he does at Hartford and Albuquerque. But there's a really good chance that we see Zach Veen this year. And we're going to get the Veen and Tovar show. And it's already feeling a little bit like Tulo and Cargo for me, where it's like Tulo and Cargo and what else is on this team? It's going to be Tovar and Veen. And what else is on this team? Well, for the future, we don't know. But at least for now, I'll go through the lineup. You got Elias Diaz at catcher with Brian Severin. I actually thought Severin was a really solid backup catcher. If you were to make the case the Rockies have a, a plus player at any single position, it might be they have a better backup catcher than most of their uh, peers. 
CJ Crone, who was the Rockies All-Star last year, uh, we'll see if he can repeat. He's currently dealing with some back stiffness in spring training, which a lot of the guys are, uh, and that's concerning because we'll run through this, and the Rockies are pretty banged up as well as not being a good team. So they're in a bad spot right now as we approach opening day. Ryan McMahon at second base, he's been shifted over from third because Brennan Rogers, who was a gold glover last year at second base, is likely to miss the season with an injury. Uh, Ryan McMahon played some second base earlier on in his career. He played second, third, even a little bit of shortstop in the minor leagues. He's a guy who's been all over the diamond. He's a supreme athlete. He was a quarterback at Modern Day High School, which is one of the best high school football programs in Los Angeles and in California. So Ryan McMahon should have no problem shifting over to second base. And the reason why the Rockies will do that is to make room for Elris Montero, who was the guy that the Rockies got back in the Nolan Arenado trade. Um, They did sign Mike Moustakis, and he's gotten a lot of headlines, and he'll likely make the roster. But I think Montero is going to start more games at third base. And this is really a good season for the Rockies to just get their rookies and their younger players a lot of at-bats and just see what happens. You need this development if the franchise is going to have any hope moving forward. And again... It comes down to Tovar, who's your starting shortstop. Um, He's had some moments in Cactus League. Hasn't been amazing. But again, like I said, he has a game yesterday where he just takes over the ball game for an inning. And you see it. And he's only 21, which is tremendously young in baseball. And then across the outfield, the guy we haven't mentioned, Chris Bryant yet, the highest paid player on the team, Jonathan Daza, and then Yerkes and Profar, who they just signed. Uh, I've always been a big Yerkes and Profar fan back to when he was a, a prospect with the Rangers. I thought he had a quietly terrific season as a switch hitter and defender with the Padres last year. It was one of the only times in his career he's been a above average or average hitter. And he's a guy who can play all over the diamond. The Rockies are going to need him in the outfield because Randall Gritchich is hurt. Charlie Blackman's past that point. Uh, you're losing some versatility with guys forced into infield spot because of some of those injuries in the infield. And you lost some outfielders from last year, too. So it's going to be Bryant Daza, profile across the outfield. Uh, Gritchich will be a factor at some point, maybe late April, early May. Uh, but... We're hoping to see Chris Bryant finally hit home run at Coors Field, which he still hasn't done, despite the huge number next to the contract he is making. And, you know, he's a great player early on in his career, won an NL MVP, but he's had a worse season every single season he's progressed since his second season. So uh, Chris is going to have to make a big adjustment to the way he trains, and hopefully he did this offseason in order to stay healthy for an entire season, which he struggled with at least the last few years, and uh, be a big part of the Rockies lineup. And who knows? You know, Chris Bryant's playing left field, but the injuries are starting to wear thin across the infield, and this guy was once a really great third third baseman. So I wonder if the Rockies will move him around just to see uh, what they look like with some different looks. Uh, Charlie Blackman's going to be the Rockies' DH. Great hitter. Uh, early on in his career, professional hitter still, uh, love Chuck. He's towards the end of his career, towards the end of his contract. Um, he's the guy that the fans are going to be most excited to see at, at Coors Field. Uh, he, you could make the case he's the Rockies' lone star that resonates here in Denver. Uh, he's just not the player he used to be. He was almost an MVP candidate at one point in his career. Uh, 2017, he was probably the best player on that Rockies playoff team. Uh, He's just not that guy anymore, but he can still be a really good left-handed hitter, particularly against righties. And uh, with Gritchich, you can 
offer some, you know, platoon stuff with outfielders and have Blackman sit some days in the lineup. Um, but yeah, I, I always enjoy watching Charlie Blackman play, even if, you know, this is not the same Charlie Blackman uh, we knew from four or five years ago. Across the bench, you're going to have Mike Moustakis make this team, like I said. Alan Trejo, I thought, was really solid for Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. Showed some good defensive plays, had some really nice at-bats. So uh, I'm actually a lot higher on Alan Trejo than I was before. I thought of him as just a 4A guy, uh, a guy that's you know going to fill some replacement-level caliber you know, production and play a couple different spots across the infield. I think Trejo could have, you know, a decent little big league career. We're talking about a guy who probably can have a better big league career than that of Pat Vileka, former Rockies middle infielder. Uh, Trejo is going to give the Rockies some good options. And then Harold Castro is probably going to make this roster as well. Uh, went over the starters. And then the relief pitchers are interesting. You've got Bard, Johnson, Lamette, uh, Suter, Lawrence, Hand, Howell, uh, and then Abad. Bard looked really bad in the World Baseball Classic. He allowed 30% of the runs that Team USA allowed for the entire tournament in just an inning and two-thirds of work. He also broke Jose Altuve's hand with an errant pitch. He just did not look like the guy that we saw last year that earned that contract extension. And everyone knows the Rockies should have sold high at the deadline last year on Bard, but they didn't. And now they continue to have Daniel Bard. And the question is, can he continue up that performance that made him this, that earned him this contract, made him a comeback player of the year, all that stuff? Or will he regress back to a guy who at some point in his career had the yips and was out of baseball? Um, and I'm hoping it's just a bad inning or two of work and everything's going to be fine because Daniel Bard was really fun to watch last year and was one of the best stories with the Rockies. And, uh, you're just always going to have that in the back of your mind when you have a guy like Bard. Dilson Lamette, I thought, uh, was a nice pickup for the Rockies last year. Uh, Dennison didn't have, you know, the same amount of run he had with the San Diego Padres where he almost won a Cy Young. But maybe in this new role and with a year to think about this role, Lamette can recapture some of that talent that got him that consideration. Justin Lawrence was also in the WBC. He had some nice performances, just a flamethrower. I'd love to see him put it together because the Rockies have had just a terrible history of developing um, relief pitchers over the last couple of years. There's just not... I mean, Scott Oberg's the only one in the last 10 years that's really in-house developed. Uh, Brad Hand, that should be interesting. Former one of the best players in baseball was like a shutdown relief closer. Uh, just a great, great, you know, guy out of the bullpen. And we'll see if the Rockies can get anything out of him uh, as a left-handed pitcher. And, I mean, the reason why he's, he's going to be a part of the team is because of the injuries the Rockies have had already in their bullpen. Um, they have already lost a left-handed uh, reliever. Uh, Tyler Kinley's hurt, you know, Antonio Sensatella is going to come back hopefully midway through the season. So we're talking about a team that's had some significant injuries to an already thin roster. And that's why they're projected to be so low. And that's why when you check ESPN today and you go to the ESPN top 100 MLB players, the Rockies don't have a single player in the top 100 of Major League Baseball. And you look at the bottom of that list, which is Aloy Jimenez at 100. Yeah, maybe if Chris Bryant puts it back together, he can climb into the list. But, like, there's not really even candidates right now to be considered for that top 100. Like, ESPN had this nailed, the top 100 list. So, it could be a rough year. Well, it is going to be a rough year. 
but hopefully we're going to have more interesting storylines. And that starts March 30th on Thursday, uh, where you Darvish for the Padres is likely to take on Herman Marquez. Uh, always love watching those two pitch. And uh, we'll be back for another Mile High Baseball podcast with Jake Shapiro. Then uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to watching this entire season with you guys. And uh, again, if you're going to make a little sneaky bet on the Rockies where you feel positive about the team, it might be, let's get behind the Ezekiel Tovar Rookie of the Year bandwagon. That'll be something fun uh, that we could all cheer for considering how rough this season's going to go. That'll do it for today. We'll see you next Friday.